0: welcome to grace community church on demand the weekly podcast from the sunday services at grace community church in rupert idaho here at grace we believe in building the kingdom of god one person at a time we're passionate about loving god loving people and following jesus let's get into this week's message with pastor travis turner all right well welcome this morning to grace church we also want to just uh, take a moment and just welcome our online church. Thank you guys so much for participating and being a part of the service today. Um, for those of you that were not here last week, we had 52 brand new young Marines. that just got out of boot camp, gathered up in a squad bay in North Carolina that were, that were a part of the services this last week. And, and that was just a real highlight for me. I was so Blessed and encouraged by that. But uh, I want to welcome you. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Um, If you missed last week's service, I encourage you to go online and check it out. Today is part two of a sermon series that I've titled, It's Not There. Go ahead and say that. It's Not There. So, the idea behind this series is that there are things that we say that Christians say you know knee jerk reactions that we say that 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 we say so much that we you know we can we can start thinking that it's a part of God's word like like for instance cleanliness is next to yeah all right it's not there it's not in the bible so if you spend time you know looking for it you're going to be you know you're going to be disappointed because it's just not there and so there's many things Um, That we say all the time that it's not there like last week we talked about, you know, the idea that God just wants you to be happy. And um, and sometimes we get so excited about sharing, you know, the Lord, the goodness of God with with people that we can, we can tell them, listen, that, you know, all your problems are going to go away and, and you're just going to be happy from this point forward and you're never going to deal with any issues. And how many of you know that that just, uh, that idea is just not there. It's not there. God isn't, you know, he's more interested in, you know, preparing you for eternity and, and, um, and making us holy, you know, old things passing away and behold, all things coming new and, and, um, and and so I really encourage you, if you missed last week's message, go back and check that out. Or you can go to the Connect Center and they'll make sure and get you a copy. Is everybody doing all right? Can, can you give me a smile back? I know some of you got masks on. I couldn't tell, but I can see it in your eyes if you're smiling um, or not. And uh, I'm so glad we had a great service. Um, first service powerful service, and today you are so blessed to be a part of second service because we're going to have a baptism at the end of the service. I think for about the last seven or eight weeks we've had a, a baptism every single week and come on, isn't that fantastic so so great and um, and I just love that people are making a decision um, for Jesus and so today we're going to take a look at the at the statement that everything happens for a reason. Come on, Christians alike, non-Christians, people don't even believe in God. You know, somebody will be going through a, a, a situation. And what do they say, man? Everything happens for a reason. Well, I just want you to know that that's not there. It's not in the Bible. Well, you know, the Bible says everything happens for a reason. It's not there. But yet, how often have you said it? I've said it before. and You know, everything happens for a reason. Or there are some people here this morning that maybe, you know, maybe you've even been hurt by such a statement because you're going through a tough time. And and then somebody, it's just like, you know what I mean? In response to the pain that you're feeling and the struggle that you're going through. They, you know, they just get ahead of themselves. Their mouth opens before their mind engages. And they're just like, I need to say something to bring some peace and some relief. And so you say the only thing that you've heard a thousand other people say, well, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, listen, church, sometimes like like sometimes not saying anything at all is better than saying anything at all. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay to say, you know, I don't. I, I don't know, you know, a, a person this is another one that, that we just put our foot in our mouth. You know, I've I, I've and I've been around families that have lost a loved one and then somebody get nervous like they, they don't want to hurt the fan. They don't want to they want to be helpful and not hurtful, but they'll say something just terrible like, well, maybe heaven needed them more than, you know, more than you needed. They lost a loved one. Maybe heaven just needed him. And it's like, that's the worst thing you can say. You know what I'm saying? So it's okay to say, "Man, I don't know what to say. I don't I don't have the answer. I don't have but guess what? I'm here for you. And I'm just going to be here and I'll just hold your hand or I'll you know, I'll just I'll be here. I'll just be here. Car breaks down actually it doesn't break down, it runs out of gas, but you you tell your buddy, "Hey, it broke down." And because you don't want to be embarrassed that you forgot to put gas in it. That happened to me in a boat once this was the worst thing i'm out on walcott i just get this boat i'm all geared up ready to take my wife out on walcott she asked me the question Do you got enough gas I'm, and i got offended i'm like that's the dumbest question i've ever do you think i would take you out on walcott and not have enough gas and i'd never been out in the boat i know i didn't run it a whole lot the last time i went out but i didn't go put gas in it sure enough out in the middle of Walcott I ran out of gas. And Tina's like, "What what's wrong?" "What's uh, I don't know, mechanical difficulties, I don't know, you know." And she would not help me paddle back to the shore. And then like a really nice, you know, boat with these good-looking young men, they see old Travis out there paddling in a circle cuz I can only paddle on one side. <laughs> of the boat. And I'm like, please, I hope she doesn't tell him that I ran out of gas out here. Sure enough, she did. Oh yeah, he ran. They towed us in. I was happy to get that. But but that person shows up and they're like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Man, y- y- your car broke down. Like You ran out of gas. Your car broke down. You know what? Everything happens for a reason. Maybe Maybe it saved you from an accident that was, and do I believe that God can work and say, sure, sure. But I'm just telling you, most of the time, God has nothing to do with your situation. You just didn't put gas in the tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, God is not in it. He's not around it. He had nothing to do with it, but he gets blamed for it. All right? So, when we're in trouble, have you ever noticed that people ask the question Why? Why does this happen? Why, why, why? Especially deep trouble like loss, which I already talked about. And sometimes we feel like because we're present and there's a question that's being asked that we have to come up with some sort of a solution. And it's okay, once again, to say, I don't know. Because in some situations, take a person that's lost a child. There is absolutely nothing that you can say that will be sufficient to take the pain away. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. And still, instead of saying something, how about just saying, listen, man, I don't know, but can we pray? Can I pray for you? Come on. Or you just begin to pray to the Lord. Be with my friend. Comfort them. Bless them, God. Let them feel your presence, your close proximity. God, I don't have the answers, but I know that you that you do and that what, what we need more is, is we just need we need your guidance. We need your peace. We need your comfort and your direction. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and, and, and this is where we kind of get hung up just a little bit. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, it says that, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so you can kind of paraphrase this passage of scripture to mean That everything happens for a reason. But I'm just telling you this, that it's just not true. Like everything that happens is not from God. God is not orchestrating every single thing that takes place. He he, like he's not he's not a, a puppet master moving every single situation. Sometimes things just happen because they happen. Come on. He can use the difficult things. He can use the troubled things, but he's not the originator of all things. He's not the that didn't sound right. He's not the originator of every single thing that takes place. He is the originator of all things. So why do things happen? Number one, things happen because we live in a broken, chaotic world. Things happen because of brokenness. Come on, it is a messy world that we, that we live in. And if you live in a messy world, you're going to get messy. Come on, I remember when I was a, a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for about seven years prior to moving to Rupert to take Grace Church. And, um, and, and I don't know why, but kids love to do pranks. We had a really good-sized youth group, and and um, and one morning, I, you know, I, I first of all, I went to sleep. I had a beautiful night's sleep. One morning, I woke up the next morning early, and I and I go walk outside on my front on my front patio, and I see that in the middle of the night, I was forked. I don't know what you if you know what forking is, but but I was forked in the middle of the night. There were over 1,500, maybe 2,000 plastic forks that were stuck in my front yard. And guess what? It gets cold in the morning, so you try to pull a plastic fork out of frozen ground. You break it off. This was a nightmare, a nightmare. Why would you do something like this to somebody that loves you so well? It was terrible, 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 terrible getting those forks out. And then another day, you know, another day I went to sleep. Everything happens at night. Why is it you go to bed peacefully? You shut your eyes and wake up in chaos. It was election year and and we have it around here, but nothing like the Nampa, Caldwell, Boise, Meridian area, like during elections, everybody there are signs upon signs upon signs scattered at every corner. And I woke up one morning and there must have been 150 or 200, come on, political signs that were, I had an acre yard, a whole acre of grass, and it was filled with these political signs of one party that I'm not a part of. And there, was, and there was one sign that was a huge sign. It had, it had two big posts. It was so big. It had two big posts in the ground. It was buried in my yard. It was a four foot by eight foot sign in my yard. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get arrested. You can't take people's personal property like this. It was the talk of the whole neighborhood. Why would you do that? But oftentimes, this is exactly how life is. You go to sleep and you think that tomorrow is going to be just a normal day, just like every other day. And then something happens. Something, you know, they're, they're, it, it was great when you went to bed, but you woke up in complete chaos. And that's exactly how life is. And so we take a look at, at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. You've got the story of Adam and Eve. And the Bible says that the woman was convinced She saw that the tree was beautiful, the tree that we weren't supposed to partake of. She saw it was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it as well. Verse 7, this is the point that I want to just focus on at that moment. Somebody say at that moment. At that moment their eyes were opened and suddenly they felt the shame and their nakedness. Just like me waking up and finding chaos had taken place. At that moment, come on, that was the that was the what we what we call the fall of man. That was the moment where sin entered into the world. Come on, things were perfect and 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 there was order and there was everything was right. And then all of the sudden, come on, her eyes were opened up. Come on to the sin that was surrounding. They were kicked out of the garden. Everything began to change. There was an enemy that, that was successful in causing her to fail and causing Adam you know, to fail. And that same enemy is at work today. And so sometimes happen things, terrible things happen because we live in a fallen state. Come on, but, but I'm telling you, just as sin entered in the world through one man, come on, through, through another man, Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the atonement of sins, come on, the, you know what I mean? He's able to set things back in order once again. But sometimes things happen just because of the fallen world that we live in. And I want you to be reminded, church, that there is an enemy that is out to destroy you. Not only do just bad things happen and we live in a broken world, but there's an enemy that wants to wipe you out. He wants to take everything that is beautiful, everything that is lovely, everything that is good, and he wants it gone. He wants to destroy it and he wants to destroy you. I don't know why we don't talk about these things anymore. Do you know that there are a lot of religions that don't even believe that the devil exists? Boy, what a great game plan. If you were in a war, you were in a battle, come on, for your life, and then somebody told you that, listen, the enemy's not even there. You can just go and take it. And then all of a sudden, because you're not even looking out for the enemy, come on, it destroys you and wipes you out. I'm telling you, the devil is real. And he wants your life. Number two is this. A lot of times bad things happen because we make poor choices. Sometimes we deal with bad situations because we make stupid decisions. And I apologize about saying the word stupid, but it's just the best word that I can think of. Sometimes the problems that I've dealt with that have been the most difficult problems is because of the dumb decisions that I've made. Dumb. The devil's not behind it. God's certainly not behind it. Travis just made a dumb decision. One of those dumb decisions that's, 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 uh, that's, you know, I feel fine sharing with you because it's not like terrible and you're not going to judge me too badly. But, but um, uh, when, when I first started going to the church that we started attending, Valley Church in, in Caldwell, I, I quickly found out that there was a lot of people, Terry, that, that rode motorcycles. And that motorcycle that you restored for me, that CR250, I bought it at this time. There was about 7 to 10 people that, that rode all the time, and most of these guys rode for the past 20, 30, 30, 40 years. And so I'm like, babe, I'm getting a motorcycle. I'm getting a dirt bike. So I got a CR250, awesome, you know, bike, well, well taken care of. And, and uh, we went up and we would ride up in the hills up above uh, Boise all the time. We would ride the trails up, and then we would ride the, the dirt roads, the gravel roads back. So we're going up. I'm hanging okay with them. Now, these guys have been riding longer than I'd been alive, okay? And um, and so I'm riding up with him. Well, we get, we get coming back down the mountain on the dirt roads, and we're going like 50, 60 miles an hour around these corns. I mean, we're just sliding, like, like drifting around all these corners. And I'm like, I'm a young man, and, so I, and I'm, just, I'm just filled with fire. I'm like, yeah, let's go. But several times throughout this ride, like the Lord's telling me, slow down, dummy. You're not this good slow down. These guys are good. You're not, they'll wait for you. You know what I mean? You'll catch up to them sometime. They'll stop, even if it's at the bottom of the hill. And I'm just like, I'm disregarding, disregarding. Well, we come flying around this corner and I'm completely sideways going around this corner. I'm feeling pretty good about myself until I see that there's a car that's coming up the hill. Come on. And that car is on my side of the road. So the guy that I'm That I'm following. He just he just quickly, you know, sets it upright and just goes right around him. No big deal. I panicked. And let me just tell you a bad situation. Is your wife getting a call as you're being taken off the mountain? And this is the message that your wife is getting. Please meet us at the emergency room. Travis is on his way. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I could blame that on God, but God was in my ear, I believe, and myself was in my ear saying, slow down, dummy. And I didn't slow down. And, and I had to deal with the consequences of not slowing down. There's times where we will get our bell rung. We'll go through difficult situations because of our bad choices. Other times, we have to pay for the choices of other people, right? Have you ever noticed that? Other people make bad choices and you got to pay for them. Anybody have any children? Anybody have any kids that are old enough to sleep, uh, sneak out of the house? Or have they ever been old enough to sneak out of the house? Oh, really? I'm the only one? I'm the only one, huh? Oh, really? Okay. So there's nothing worse, you know, not necessarily for me, because I can sleep with anything. I just figure I'll get them in the morning when they come back. But Tina, Tina's like, oh, no, so-and-so slept, snuck out of the house. And I won't even tell you which one, but you probably know. She would be up. She would have to pay for the decision of one of my kids... For for when they snuck out of the house, she would pay for it. She wasn't able to go back to sleep. Me, no problem. I'll see him in the morning. But then we hear terrible things like we hear terrible things like uh, like somebody that gets drinks too much and they get behind a wheel and then they get into a car accident. And while they walk away from the car accident just fine, come on, the person that they ran into that was just doing their own thing and they didn't do anything wrong this person either A, lost their life or B, they deal with chronic pain for the rest of their life when all they were doing was just living. They, so they have to pay for the decision, the bad choice of somebody else. And I'm just saying, listen, that sometimes the church, you know, we can say that God's behind this. But if we say God's behind that, then we say God has to be behind this as well. And I'm just saying that he's not behind that. It's just the fact that we live in a broken, messed up chaotic world and sometimes bad things happen to good people number three is this sometimes things just happen by chance in life sometimes things just happen by chance sometimes they just happen i remember you know in it was it was told to me in 1989 i i knew it was in the 80s but i've got a brother that's four years older than i am and he joined the uh the united states coast guard and he was stationed down in santa rosa uh, California, and, and there was a an earthquake that that hit in 1989, and and um, this earthquake, I remember it 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 uh, took a bridge out, and unfortunately, there were people going across that bridge at the very moment that 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 bridge collapsed, and unfortunately, they 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 fell, and and we found out that my brother had just crossed that bridge. He crossed it every day, but he crossed that bridge. Um, 30 minutes prior, you know, to this earthquake. And so we were really weird about that, but I'm telling you what, that God's not up there, you know, a puppet master saying, okay, when this person gets to this point, this is the person that I want. He didn't want anybody to, you know, to, to, to crash down with that bridge. But unfortunately, come on, bad things happen. And it's in the fallen state of the world that we live in. And, and sometimes things just happen by, by chance. You know, you're driving your car or, or even worse, your motorcycle. I've seen some of these YouTube videos where somebody's just driving their motorcycle. Man, they're just, they're loving God's creation. It's beautiful. They're, they're going through the mountains. And then all of a sudden, the biggest deer that you've never seen in your life jumps out and and destroys you and your motorcycle like you like you're you're banged up and your motorcycle's completely destroyed. God's not behind. Come on, that deer jumping out at that very moment and 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 this terrible thing happening, you know. But sometimes there are even Christians that are like, well, he must have had sin in his life. Well, there must have been something. And I'm just saying that sometimes things just happen by chance. Come on, it just happens. So once again, we ask God why? Why did this happen? And, and I just want to make this statement. I want you to pay attention to this statement. Sometimes how we go through suffering is more important than understanding why we're going through the suffering. Sometimes how we go through suffering like the Lord is really interested in how are you going to deal with the trouble and the struggles and the difficulties? that are in your life. Are you going to go through them just like everybody else that has no relationship with God? And when I say everybody else, I'm talking about people that don't even believe in God. Or are you going to allow, come on, the, you know, the, the Lord and the relationship and the presence of God, the intimacy that you have with the Lord and, and the word of God that you've got written upon your heart. Come on. Are you going to allow that word to just come to life and be life to you in, in a very difficult and potentially even a dead situation. See, sometimes how you go through something is more important than understanding why you go through something. Let me just tell you something. When I first moved here, just moved from Boise to Rupert, it's about 11 years ago, a little over 10 years ago. We, uh, we, are very small, small church and and um and there was a young man uh it it was uh jay and nicole rodriguez's son dedrick young man lived over in twin falls and and um and he uh, went to lighthouse christian church and every wednesday he would leave the the football practice or the school or whatever and he would drive all the way over here to rupert from twin falls and a lot of times he would bring you know, his little brothers and his little sisters just to come to church. I mean, this kid loved Jesus, you know, 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, loved the Lord. In fact, my boys, my boys were really, really young when we moved here and and uh, and, and they would look up to Diedrich and and they just thought, man, Diedrich just hung the moon. He was he was a good looking kid. And, and Tina and I were so jacked because this kid was just full of. Uh, of love for, you know, for Jesus. And we're like, oh, great role model for our boys. You know what I mean? How many of you appreciate really good role models for your kids? And Diedrich was that. And so, so anyway, you know, he, he comes to church and got a chance to, you know, just connect with him. Well, this, this Wednesday he came by himself and, and I remember saying goodbye to him as he, as he left, but he got out here, you know, going towards the freeway and um and somehow he got in a terrible terrible car accident and and he ended up dying he didn't make it he didn't make it back to back to twin and i remember i just you know in the middle of the 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 beginning part of the the or the early evening almost anyway it's probably about nine, ten, eleven o'clock i get this phone call and and i and i hear that Diedrich has died and I run down and I'm, I'm visiting with Nicole and the family and, and I, I, I'm a brand new pastor, man. I, you know, I mean, I, I dealt with youth and now I'm dealing with somebody's, you know, but I felt like the Lord was just telling me just be quiet and just be present. Just be quiet and be present, because I felt like I had to say something, but what in the world am I going to say? And the truth is, there was a thought that came across my mind, and the thought was this. Even if there was a why, and I knew the why, if I shared the why, because the family's like, why? Why? This kid was so great. So much life to give, and so much love to, you know, to share, and and love Jesus, and his whole life is ahead of him. Why? Why is this happening? Even if there was a reason, even if I knew what that reason was, sharing the reason is not going to take away the pain. It's not. Knowing the answer as to why is not going to change the pain that's experienced. Still, I don't know why. In my own mind, I'm thinking, man, oh, man, so many people, so many young people, so many, you know what I mean? But I have to, just as you have to, trust in the sovereignty of the Lord. Amen. And you know what I love about this family is, is they're here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. There's a lot of people that go through a tragedy like that. Next thing you know, God gets blamed for it. They don't want to have anything to do with God any longer, but they're here. Their kids are here. Come on, I'm sure, I, I know for a fact it still is painful, it still hurts, but they are thriving. Come on, in the Lord, even coming through such a difficult time like that. Corey Ten Boom, which was a survivor of the Holocaust, she said this, if you're riding on a train and that train goes through a long, dark tunnel, What you don't do is you don't tear up the ticket and demand to get off the train. What you do is you sit still and you continue to trust in the engineer to get you through it. And I was just thinking, man, what a beautiful thing that is because life is filled with dark tunnels. Come on, pain is present always life is filled with uncertainties you you have a great day today and then all of a sudden you're challenged you know tomorrow and i'm just saying this that god wants us to be a little bit more consistent by trusting in him in the good times as well as the bad times we ought not to have these super highs and these 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 really low lows because we have Come on, the presence of God. We have the Holy Spirit with us. We have God with us, the hope of all glory. Amen? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And we have to do that. We have to trust him in all situations with all of our heart and not lean upon our own understanding. So the truth about pain, I already kind of hit on this one. One of the truths about about pain is, is that in life, Pain is constantly present. Like if, you, if you're not dealing with any pain right now, I promise you this, if you'll start to open your mind up, you know somebody that is dealing with pain. Somebody that you know is really struggling and they're going through, you know, a bad situation. It might be a financial situation. Maybe it's physical pain, emotional pain. Come on, but, but pain is always present. And the Bible says in John 16, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. In this world, you're going to have pain. But come on, be of good cheer because in me, I can help get you through it. I can help subdue it. Amen. I can help heal you from it. Come on, life is filled with pain. We've got physical pain. Anybody here deal with physical pain this morning? Come on, you've you've been abused. You've got old injuries. I remember... All the old people would tell me when I was younger, boy, don't do that. You're going to pay for it later. I thought they were ignorant. They didn't know what they were talking about. And now I'm one of them. I'm like, now don't do that. You're going to feel it later. And they think that I am the same. I don't know what I'm talking about. Why don't we learn better from each other? I don't know. I am just I I, life would have been so much easier if I just would have listened, you know, the first time. But, but we've got chronic pain, some issues that just don't go away. We've got emotional pain. How many of you ever been rejected? How many of you ever been uh, dealt with grief? Come on. How many of you ever had family issues? You got you know, turmoil in your family. How many of you are arguing with somebody at your workplace? Come on. You, you've, got, you've got failure. You got anxiety, you know, depression. You've got you know this post traumatic stress syndrome is something that we're we're learning a whole lot more about and and people are messed up because of of severe incidents that they've gone through that you know i was just talking i, I get a chance to go and pray for veterans a lot and there was a there was a uh, a vietnam veteran that that uh uh uh, what, what was the thing he was a part of? I think he was a part of the VFW or some, something, but uh, he was telling me about one of his friends that at one of the luncheons that they had gone through, this friend had a moment from his PTSD, a flashback where, you know, all of a sudden, man, he's hitting the table and he's throwing his, his plates off the table and in this guy's mind, you, you know, he he was right back in Vietnam, uh, going through the same thing fighting the enemy at that moment Come on, it was so sharp in his mind that it was, he was brought back at that moment. And they just had to say, hey, listen, Ron, or whatever your name is, whatever his name was. Hey, hey, listen, that happened, you know, 60 years ago or however long. Listen, and he finally just kind of was able, you know, to come through it. But there are, you don't have to be in a war or, or in the military to, to to deal with post-traumatic stress syndrome. There's some things that can affect you. Come on, that the, the just kind of you know hinder you. And so you got emotional pain, you got relational pain, marriage, kids, family, work. Come on, the closest hurts hurts the mostest. That's what you know. If somebody's close to you, they have the ability to hurt you more than somebody that's not close to you. And then and then you've got spiritual pain. And spiritual pain, you know, we don't really talk about a lot about uh, around churches, but but sometimes you know, we, we're offended at God because, because God, if you really loved me, you, you wouldn't have allowed this thing to happen. And, and these are real issues that people have to work through. You know, we doubt God and we doubt, you know, we doubt the things that maybe even we were brought up being taught about God, but we got to work through it. We got to contend for our faith. We got to fight for our faith we and sometimes it's like this it's like a marriage maybe people have been married 20 years and then all of a sudden one of the you know one of the people they get an eye for somebody else and then all of a sudden you know to kind of to make sense of everything, what they do is they say, well, you know, we've been married for 20 years and and we've never had a good marriage. Honestly, our marriage was just terrible all 20 years, which it wasn't terrible all 20 years. Yeah, you had some bad situations, but the enemy is a liar. And so it's the same person, you know, same situation with somebody that served God for a long time. It's like, well, you know, you start looking at other things. You're not really even you know, building yourself up spiritually and pursuing God intimately and, well, God's really never been for me, but come on, there have been times where you stand up and profess the goodness of God, that you're here today because he was so good to you. Come on, that he saved you, that he pulled you out of the pit and put your feet upon the rock Right. But yet we we're so far removed from some of these things and we buy into the enemy's lies and then and then it's all for nothing. We end up walking away. And I'm just saying this, that spiritual pain is difficult whenever we have expectations that God doesn't fulfill. Or this is a big one. Somebody that loves the Lord hurts you more than anybody's ever hurt you. And now somehow we associate that hurt with 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 God. Why didn't you protect me? But once again, listen to me, how you go through something is more important than understanding why you're going through it, because I'm telling you what God will be with you and he will never leave you. He will never leave you. Somebody give me a good amen right there. Regardless of the pain that you're experiencing, I want to remind you that God is a healer and a redeemer, and he still makes beautiful things out of the ashes, The ashes of despair, everything is burnt up. God can take you out of the destruction that you're surrounded by and make you beautiful. First Peter chapter one and verse six says this. So be truly glad. I love this because Peter was a mess. Peter oftentimes did 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 things that he shouldn't have said things he shouldn't have. So he knows a little bit about the trials Um, He says, so be truly glad. He said, listen, there's wonderful joy ahead of you. And I would profess that to you. There's wonderful joy in your future, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And so that takes us to point number two. And that is this, that there's a purpose for your pain. I want you to really know that, that there's a purpose for your pain while God doesn't cause your pain. Come on. He's not setting up tragic situations. You know what I mean for you to go through. But in the world that we live in, bad things are going to happen. And this is what I can tell you is, is that God can use those terrible things for the good. He doesn't cause them, but he can use them. I, I remember it was about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I had a heart scare I was laying in my bed one night and I, and I rolled over to Tina and I said, "Hey, you awake?" And she's like, "Yeah." I said, "What would you say if I told you I had a just a real heaviness on my chest for about seven hours now?" And she said, "Call Doctor Betcher." And so I called him, and he said, "Travis, get into the emergency room now." He said, uh, "Worst thing, they just send you home. Best thing, you know, they find out something and they can, you know, they can treat you." you know, in those situations, time is either on your side or it's against you, and I had already missed seven hours, and uh, so I go in, they run all these tests, and they did blood work, and, and they found troponin in my blood, which is an enzyme or a protein that's only released whenever your heart is having issues, and so they were like, man, should we life flight him to twin, or should we put him on ambulance, and so they ended up putting me on the ambulance, and I remember just praying this whole this whole way from Rupert on the ambulance to Twin Falls. I'm praying my mom or my uh, my wife, but my wife and my son Jacob are following in in the car right behind the ambulance, and and um and I'm just praying, and I'm I'm in this place where I'm worried, but I'm not afraid. If that makes any sense, like. Like I'm having this conversation with the Lord, I'm like, wow, this is how this happens. People are here one moment, and then they're gone the next. Like their heart is good one moment, and then it just stops beating, you know, the next. And I'm and I'm having this real reality check that this is this is where I'm at, and I'm like worried, but I'm not afraid. I can't really explain it. I didn't want to die, and I was even having this conversation with the Lord. I'm like, Lord. I I feel like there's a whole bunch more that we can do. And and I really like to do that. But I was even able to say, but listen, if this is my time, I just want to make sure that we're good. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the, I, I think things I shouldn't think. I say things I shouldn't say. And so I'm going through this, this, this repentance. And I'm like, you know what, God, you've been so good to me. And if it's my time, then, then I'm, I'm good. And, and, and of course, I made it through it. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, it was like it was fantastic. But out of this trouble, there's a couple of things that like I've always thought I'm going to be like 96 years old and I'm just going to die in my sleep. I've always thought that. I have, I've always thought I've always seen myself as it, it's interesting. When I was younger, I thought, man, there's no way I'm going to live to the age of 30. Now it's like I'm like I'm or up to this point. I'm going to die in, in, in my sleep, old age. But what this did is it really challenged me that, you know what, Travis, tomorrow's not promised for anybody. And that means you too. And so, so I've done a lot of changes because of this situation. Number one, I don't take myself near as serious as I used to. I don't take many things near as serious. Like I would get uptight, bent out of shape. You know, somebody I thought was disrespecting me, boy, I was just going to line them out and this and that. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to work through and with people better. I'm not going to be so intense. And it just changes. It just has the ability come on to change you a little bit. But I'm so grateful that I was at peace knowing also that, man, if I'm done, I'm good with it. Like I know if I'm facing death in the future, I know how I'm going to respond to it. That's a really cool thing. It's like, hey, I'm not super excited about it, but I'm peaceful. I, I'm like, okay, you know, I was literally at a place. I was like, you know, okay, really don't want this. Got my kids, got, you know, grandkids and, and, and things. I'm not really, but I, I'm worried, but I'm not afraid. And I'm just saying that sometimes the trouble that you go through It can cause significant changes so that you can make the most of the days that you're given. Like I don't want to, and I still do because I'm fallible, but I don't want to live with many regrets, right? Like I don't want to, life's too short to live with regrets. And so if you regret something, if you've been through something like I've been through, then just get it taken care of. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know what, I'm sorry, I blew it. Will you please forgive me? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's too short. It's too short to be angry. It's too short to be overly opinionated about everything. So many people are so opinionated about things. We can't get along with people that we love because everything turns into a fight. Right? What happens if we just, if we just don't fight? What happens if we stand for what it is that we need to stand for, but we can also love people through that? I just lost my notes, so go ahead and give me the next scripture up here. I love this. The Bible says, or this isn't the Bible. This is Craig Rochelle. This isn't the Bible. The Bible says, this is a pastor of Life Church. I thought it was pretty cool. He said, the distance between where I am and where God wants me to be might be my ability to tolerate the pain that I'm going through. Can I just tell you this? Don't give up in the middle of the pain. Keep going through it. Keep pressing through it. Keep trusting God through it. Amen, because God can use it. Now give me the scriptures. I got a couple scriptures up there still. All right, Hebrews 5, 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Come on, Jesus even suffered some things and through that he learned. And so we we know that there's purpose in our pain because it makes us stronger and we learn obedience through it. Go ahead and to the last one. Second Corinthians one 4. he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given to us. You know, every time I I hear this scripture, I think of my wife. Like, I cannot think about my wife whenever I hear this scripture. She automatically comes. Because many of you know, and some of you don't know, but she was married before, and she lost her first husband. He passed away. And that was a tragic situation. Very difficult situation for her to go through. But you know what I saw in my initial years of being married my, my first years of being married to my wife, is how God would orchestrate her who, who has lost a spouse to minister to somebody who had just lost a spouse. Come on, he, he, he set it up so many times, and God used the pain and the, and the healing that she went through from that pain, come on, to be a, a comfort and an encouragement to so many people that were going through the same thing. Amen? Amen and that's pretty encouraging when you can see God use your pain. I was um this is my last story and then we're going to baptize little victory, okay? My last story is this and I need you to get behind this because this is powerful. I feel like this was God orchestrated. I was out praying for a lady that's that's passing and and I met this lady's granddaughter. She's my same age. And um, I, I asked her, "Where are you from?" She said, "Oh, I'm from I'm from Oregon." She, in fact, I'll tell you exactly where she's from. She is from the Medford, Oregon area, and um, uh, specifically, she lives in um, Phoenix and Talent, Oregon. Has anybody ever been to Medford, Phoenix, or Talent, Oregon? Okay, so so I'm talking to her, and she's just like you know, I could tell she'd been crying. And I was like, you know, she's crying because her grandmother's in this state, but also there were terrible, terrible fires. It's called the Alameda Fire. In fact, go ahead and put some of the pictures up while I'm talking about it. The Alameda Fire, um, it was started, it was started by, by, by arsons, by people that just just causing trouble. They started these fires on purpose. And um, and so these fires are burning and then some of the heaviest winds that they've had came through and it literally just destroyed these towns. The fire just went through whole huge neighborhoods, brand new houses um, just burnt to the ground one after another, after another, after another. Businesses burnt to the ground and so great devastation just hits this community and she's You know, she's I'm like, do you go to church? And she begins to tell me about, you know, her church and immediately like the Lord just prompts me. It's like Grace Church is supposed to do something. Come on, to help these people that are affected by this fire. And I just asked her, I said, if there is one thing that, that, that you guys need in your area, she, I said, what is that? And she began to say, anything that really has to do with children, like diapers and then underwear for all, all different sides of, sizes of, of, of children, both boys and girls. Um, she said formula is a huge, huge need. Um, Because there's so much loss, so much devastation and the, you know, a lot of the stores are burnt down and then everybody has all this need all at one time. She said, man, if we could get some help of just people sending some things down. And I said, you know what? God orchestrated this conversation. You're going through devastation, but I want you to know that the Lord's already at work because a small church in Rupert, Idaho is going to do our part, come on to send some things, some relief that will just help. It's not going to fix every, it's not going to get your family pictures back. It's not going to get all the clothes and all the, all the memories and all. I mean, there's so much, but at least there's going to be a little bit of light of hope because I I believe not only is God speaking to Rupert and the Minicasha area, it'll be fun to see who all gets involved, but how many of you know God's already having conversations with different churches around the nation, come on, to do their part and to send things into this Medford-Phoenix talent area, amen? So this is what we're going to do this week. I'm asking you, if you can buy some diapers, drop them off at the church, please do so. If you, can, if you can buy some formula, drop it off at the church, please do so. Some underwear, you, if socks. If, you, if, you, if there's something that you think, kids, let's keep our focus on the children. But I already had somebody after first service come up to me and say, Hey, listen, if you get enough stuff, I'll run it down there and hand deliver it myself. I've already got the, I've already got the church, Ashland Christian Fellowship got the pastor's names, got everything that we need to make sure and get this come on to the people where it's going to make a difference. Somebody asked me, hey, can I just send money? And I was like, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden I realized money is not the issue. They can't get the supplies quick enough. And so it would be best if you purchased the stuff, whatever it is that God's put on your heart, bring them here and then we'll send it if we have enough of it, we'll either ship it, if we don't have a ton, or if we got a ton, we're, we've already got somebody with a truck and a trailer that said, I will go and I'll deliver it. Amen? Don't you love the body of Christ that whenever one person hurts or one group hurts, he already has it figured out with another. We don't know these people for nothing. I've never been to Phoenix, uh, Medford, uh, th- th- this whole area. But guess what? They are our brothers and sisters, and we're going to do our best to help them out. Amen. God bless you this morning, church. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.